in brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 353. Now, by the music, you can clearly tell it's not, not a Lantern episode. I promise, guys, it's coming. It's just there's, there's stuff happening. And that's where I'm going to segue into them in a few seconds. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is Lantern content coming, yes. we promise, but... Uh, you know, as as Mark and Mark's been saying uh, quite a bit, and you know, I, I've been agreeing with him. There's not a lot of current Lantern content. Uh, I mean, I guess technically, you could make the case of saying, you know, John Stewart's over in Justice League, and we got the one uh, GL title, and Kyle's over in Titans, and we got the whole Young Justice thing happening with uh, was it Kid Lantern or whatever the hell it is they're calling that that uh, that thing, and then we got Jessica over in um, Justice League Odyssey. But, I mean, th- th- those aren't really lantern-heavy things. The only lantern-heavy thing we have is going to be the, the, the regular book. And we do have a new issue to cover, so I, th- I believe that'll be next episode. But um, in the meantime, man, there's, there's tons of exciting stuff happening in the world of just the, the comics media in general. And, and as you can tell, we're talking Captain Marvel, guys. Woohoo! That's right. The latest entry into the Marvel MCU. Uh, I guess I guess I should just say MCU since it would be Marvel Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Mark and I have both seen the movie. Duh. Uh, we'll be talking obviously spoilers moving into the episode. We're going to start off with general thoughts uh, and then uh, you know kind of break down the movie a bit and then we'll get into like the critique audience reaction box office you know all the stuff that that mark really lives and breathes on in terms of the the movie industry uh and break that stuff down first anything you want to get into first before we jump into the movie yes as as i kind of alluded to even before we started recording and you you gave a kind of perfect segue as a disclaimer for yes for those that are listening to this and technically if we kind of count out the rollout of chad's spinoff Congratulations, Chad, by the way. Thank you. Uh, that at least I played a sm- – not that it mattered because of the, re- the way Skype recorded, but I guess I can say I, I played a small part technically in, <laughs> in that recording uh, for what it's worth. Uh, it's not like I was on the episode. The re- but the reality is with the – the disclaimer is, well, yes, this is about – this is going to be at least the third, if you count Chad's spinoff, but at least the third episode in a row that is non-Lantern related. But that was not the original plan. <laughs> No, it was not. No, the 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 first of all, the week that we didn't have any kind of episode come out at all, which was the week of Ch- turned out to be the week of Chad's spinoff release. We did have an episode. Really, we were going to be able to release that week, but there was a recording snafu. So that really that was the original what three fifty two. Yeah, and we recorded we recorded it. We got it all the way through, and uh, half the audio was missing. You could hear Mark, but you couldn't hear me. That was a, not a fault of Mark, by the way, guys. That was that's the, that's the, that's the software that we had an issue with. 
Um, so we had to eventually, essentially lose the entire episode. I'm, I'm, we'll do it again at some point. We'll probably, um, yeah, I would say, I mean, we, I say yes, like you mentioned, we, we might as well do the Green Lantern next, but I say after that, let's double back. Cause, cause the issue, cause the issue was still cool and the, and, and some of the reference things that, you know, we talked about based on the context of the story were cool obviously we lost a lot of the other stuff and that's that's what was depressing about it too it was kind of depressing at least for me because it was a really fun episode and we there was there were there were a lot of different things we talked about and, and we talked about and there was some captain marvel pregame basically talking that too so that episode that was the original 352 that got wiped out and then ryan was fine was available to do the halloween recording that we had talked about so that became 352 so that leads us to and to Captain Marvel being 353 and yes these that the the lost episode which is a Silver Age issue by the way and it's a mm-hmm. Green Lantern Flash issue mm-hmm. by the way so it, so it, it is good stuff so but that but that's the explanation for why we're getting a bigger these big, a big chunk of non Green Lantern episodes besides the general disclaimer which we've already given this year which is that this year probably based on, unless there's another regular Green Lantern title announced at some point. It kind of opens the door for this because we do as much as there's other things that Chad and I didn't want and I want to do. It's and sometimes it's hard to be super passionate about different things and it's hard to just say, oh, we we need to do this now. It's just it opens the door for like tr- like train of thought and free you know free thought and expression episodes depending what topics come up and. Captain Marvel seems over, super super topical and if we were going to do it, we might as well do it you know you know right after the right after it came out. Right. So here's here's what's happening, folks, because actually before, right before we started recording this, I told Mark, you know, hey, you know, are we ready to start recording? He had to do something real quick. And I was just like, OK, don't, no rush. I'm, I'm editing an episode. I am right now. Well, obviously not right right now, but I'm editing currently editing the next episode of Creative Credit. Uh, it's already been put out there. I said it in the episode, the first episode of Creative Credit. Kwanzaa Osagifo, the interview with Kwanzaa. I'm working on that right now. I'm working on editing that. So what's going to happen is this episode, of course, hits on March 15th. Next episode will be uh, the Green Lantern number five. And like Mark said, we're going to double back and uh, and hit that that Silver Age issue, which will release on the 29th. Before that, on the 25th, since I'm trying to uh, my release date for Creative Credit is essentially going to be like the first Monday of the last full week of a month. That's sort of what I'm looking at here. Um, I say last full week. Uh, I may count a week that ends in like a Thursday or something, a full week. It really depends. But essentially like the, the, the first Monday of the last mostly full week of a month is what, what the, the episode uh, – I intend to release an episode of Creative Credit, assuming you know I've got the person lined up and they agree to the interview, and it's all it's all perfect. This is why I, I don't have a true schedule for a Creative Credit, um, just because there's so many factors that go into it. So the 15th, the episode you're hearing right now, that's when this one drops. Uh, next episode, the Green Lantern number five on the 22nd, uh, followed by uh, Creative Credit that next Monday, and then the 29th we'll be doubling back for. Uh, for the uh, re-return of uh, the Silver Age issue with the Flash, which is good because it's it's really guys, this isn't the first time we've lost an episode. Either Mark and myself, or just the Lantern cast in general, it is so hard. You have no idea. It's so hard to go back and like 
re-record the thoughts you had fresh earlier because you sound like you're repeating yourself. You feel like more like you're acting than giving a genuine reaction. And that's why I'm sort of glad we didn't like, oh, hey, we lost the episode. It's time to re-record it in two days. Like the the, the further we get away from re-recording it, the better just because it, it gives us a chance to sort of forget what we said. Yes. I agree. And, and come back to it. So so hopefully that uh, you guys enjoy that episode. Uh, we'll, we'll be making some comments that <laughs> before were, were like surprises. Like I, I had a surprise to show Mark of a surprise reference that is no longer obviously going to be a surprise when we when we cover the uh, the issue. But, uh, yeah, we're 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 anticipating, you know, you know, two really Green Lantern happy episodes coming after this. So. And I guess, like you said, and it gives a chance at least. It won't. It won't be this. It's not going to be the same, but it still will be good. And it, the issue itself, was worth talking about, and and, and the tie-ins to the, the current run will be worth. But yeah, and, but moving away from it is the, it makes it. It also is kind of like soft in the blows for, for the, or the blow from losing a losing the episode. Sometimes that right. sometimes it's like it, it's kind of hard to pick yourself up off the mat when you're just lo- when, you, when you're just lost and then you got to get right back into the fray. Sometimes it's better that way, but sometimes so I remember the episode Corwin and I that we lost. That was a really good one too. And I think we did a pretty good job of recreating it, but it was really 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 good. So. Right. Yeah. All but right. uh back to the able. Yeah, <laughs> yes. we're going to talk uh, we're going to talk Captain Marvel. So uh, I saw it, uh, I want to say the Friday, yeah, the Friday night uh, of opening weekend. When did you see it? Thursday. Thursday, nice. Um, so, yeah, I saw it then. Um, uh, I, I see everything, as, as you guys know, over at Alamo Draft House. So Alamo Draft House, if you've never been to a location, um, you, know, you, you, you know, they serve, they serve food, they serve alcohol, they get a table in front of you. You know, if anybody talks or texts, they'll get kicked out of the theater, that whole thing. You have reserved seats. But one of the things Alamo does is they have these little pre-shows beforehand. And the pre-shows will be either like a collection of goofy videos. Like, for instance, in front of one of the Spider-Man movies one time, there was a bunch of collections of like, uh, you know, clips from like an Indian Spider-Man knockoff thing. And, you know, just little funny one-off things here and there that'll, that'll happen. And there was a bunch of that. There was a big montage of Brie Larson's uh, music video, her, her music videos, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny because I'd completely forgotten Brie Larson had done music, was working in the music industry for a long time. Uh, so there was a bunch of it was like it was really funny seeing her as like a pop star. Uh, and then they had like this uh, this thing saying like, OK, this year is is the release of two Captain Marvels. And they were kind of breaking down the history of Captain Marvel in terms of Marvel Captain Marvel, but also breaking down the history of DC's Captain Marvel, or rather Fawcett Comics's um, Captain Marvel, which we all now are supposed to call Shazam. I'm still sticking the mud. I think you should be called Captain Marvel because that's what I'm used to, but whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, So that was that was really cool. But then the movie starts, and you get your... your uh, Intro credits and uh, the the Marvel fanfare begins and you start seeing the flashes of uh, of various characters you normally see that make up the Marvel Studios logo, but this time it's all Stanley. What did you think when you saw that? 
I get to, I'm I'm torn on these, and I know I'm in the minority on these. I, I actually I I just put it this way. I didn't mind it. It didn't it didn't do anything. It wasn't like this. Well, Kevin Smith cries at anything these days, so it doesn't. But it doesn't. But but it isn't like one of those. Oh, like he made Kevin Smith no, cry. It's like oh, it must mean something. No, it's cute. It's cute. I'm definitely absolutely not in favor of what you know. Of course, what the trendy thing is right now is to say, oh, they they should have that should be the permanent beginning of all the Marvels. No. Oh no, no. no. And I don't think Stan Lee would want that anyway. He'd want his creations. I would assume he'd rather they get the attention, not him. So for for this movie, yes, I don't want it. I don't want it on Endgame either. I don't want it. If, assuming they I, give us, I I bet you it'll if if it continues beyond Captain Marvel. I anticipate it being in front of Endgame. Like at this moment, I would, I, I believe it'll be in front of Endgame. I don't believe it'll continue beyond Endgame. Yeah, I, I hope it. It was okay. I don't think it was. I don't think it was super necessary. I, it's if, I, I know why they did it, and that's, and that's cool. But yes, so. Just by itself, I'm I'm okay with it. It didn't, you know, it didn't pull up my heartstrings. But and I, but I, no matter what, I definitely do not want that to be. A, a permanent addition to instead of doing the flashes from other movies or the and things like that. No, that's not what I. But it it's, gotcha. it surprised me. It surprised me. So I guess so. Maybe if I maybe if I knew that was coming, maybe I would have viewed it differently. But to me, yeah. yeah. So so here's here's the deal, guys. We're not going to do an act by act breakdown or scene by scene breakdown. Uh, the, the potential for spoilers exists in this film or in this episode. If you guys have seen the, ep- the the movie, clearly that's why you're listening to this, or you just like listening to us. You had no plans to see the movie. You're just checking it out to see. Hey, did they like it? Maybe I'll go see it. Who knows? Um, we're not going to do a breakdown of it, but uh, I will say I will say this: I enjoyed the movie. It was a good popcorn flick. I did not love the movie, and I didn't walk out wowed by the movie. Um, I know that this is something that uh, when other Marvel movies have been criticized, and this is going to sort of encapsulate my thoughts on the movie for the most part. When other people have criticized movies, they'll, they'll say, oh, they gave it all on the way, all the way in the trailer. I see, what, I see those points on certain of these MCU films. I do. Um, but I never really felt it as much as I did with this movie. I did not feel surprised by anything in this movie. And we already said spoilers, including the idea that the scrolls were the put upon and there was somebody else who was who was going to end up being the villain. Nothing in this movie really surprised me. Uh, and I felt like it was all given away in the trailers. Well, you can't say this. You can't really say the scroll thing was given away in the trailer. No, that no, no, that that that. That's maybe it was just like I was because I didn't read any spoilers, so maybe I was just sort of going in expecting that. I I couldn't tell you why, but nothing. There was nothing in this film that surprised me. Um, like, don't get me wrong, I, I I enjoyed some of the performances. I thought a lot of the graphics were wonderful. Uh, the soundtrack, for the most part, I really enjoyed. Um, you know, and 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 all of the all of the little comedic choices and things like that. It was it was very clearly a Marvel film, but nothing about this movie thrilled me the way other MCU films have. No, that sums it up. I mean, for just related to the scroll. Actually, while you were talking, I was I stopped and I I stopped and I started thinking about this. The reality is, I actually don't. 
<laughs> which also speaks volumes about how about my, my reaction to this movie. I actually don't think I actually did read read the spoilers for this movie because now that I'm thinking about it, I did not I did not know the skulls were not, the skulls the scrolls were not going to be the bad guys. So if I had read the spoilers, clearly I would have known that. So I didn't know that. Which also speaks volumes about my interest in the movie that I didn't even bother because I almost always look for the spoilers. But that surprised me. That was a that was a really interesting choice. I guess you could I guess you could try to make the case it wasn't a big surprise because you just kind of knew something was going to be up with Cree with the Cree yeah. and something was going to be up with Jude Law. And so you kind so maybe on that level it wasn't a total surprise. But when but when what uh, Talos. Uh, was was laying out, you know, what supposedly was going on. I was not 100% convinced he was telling the truth when he when he first said it. So, I. But going back to the overall thoughts, what you said, what you said, sums this up perfectly. This was it was by any stretch of the imagination, and we'll and we'll uh, we'll define that more clearly as as we go on in this episode. By no. Or quantify it and and qualify it. The reality is this movie was not a bomb by any stretch of the imagination. This was oh not, no, this was not yeah. a steaming pile on any level. From when you're talking about box office, when you're talking about critics, when you're talking about uh, what you see on the screen. But yes, this movie this movie was not. I'm not going to say I was bored, but I wasn't overly enthralled by the movie. It didn't. It, I have I have no desire to see it again anytime soon. This is. I mean, I will I'll watch it. I will watch it again sometime. Obviously, not on Netflix because this year's Marvel movies won't be going on Netflix because that deal is done. But I'll watch it probably again at some point. I'm certainly not going to buy it. Uh, it's it. It's okay. It's not great. The problem. One of the big problems is even though they give you an explanation in the movie for why Carol Danvers is pretty unemotional. Which kind of fails on one level because you have you have Jude Law trying to tell her that she shouldn't be emotional, but he has more emotion than she does. <laughs> but he's not even human, an Earth thing anyway. That the reality is that when your char- when your main character is not the most interesting character in the movie, and she's the main character, it's usually a problem. It's usually hmm. a problem. Yeah, and I, I don't mean I don't mean to interrupt, but no, I will here be, be because I, w- I I I'll admit here I. Going into this one, this episode, one thing I was concerned about when we were talking about this movie is kind of the vitriol surrounding it. The the idea that oh, if you don't like this movie, then it's because yeah, you know you're sex, yes. you, yeah, misogynist or being sexist or whatever. Uh, I, I enjoy Brie Larson, uh, and and <laughs> if you want to speak to misogyny or being sexist, I think she's hot as hell. Um, <laughs> whatever you can, you, whatever, but. Uh, Beyond that, I do enjoy some of her acting ability. Um, did you ever see the movie? It was a it was a Amy Schumer movie called Trainwreck. No. Okay, so I I believe it was Trainwreck. She was dating John the the, the She was dating yeah. a guy. Yeah, John Cena. Uh, but uh, uh, Brie Larson played Amy Schumer's sister. I kind of I really liked the kind of back and forth her and Amy Schumer had in that film. Uh, it was by no means the best film, but I, I do re- – even though uh, the Brie Larson's character wasn't in there a whole lot, the moments I got with her I really enjoyed. I giggled here and there. Uh, she was kind of the grounding point for uh, the insanity that the Amy Schumer's character was kind of living out in her life and, and things like that. 
So I've, I have seen Brie Larson and other things. I've liked Brie Larson and other things. I get what they were going for here in this film. And there were moments in this film I did enjoy Brie Larson's portrayal. But more often than not, there were times I felt she was too distant, too wooden, or too unrelatable for me to sort of glom onto and just sort of stick with this character throughout the movie. I almost felt like uh, like I was ADD, you know, like distracted going, ooh, shiny over here when they would point to another character. And instead of my eyes focusing on Brie, I'm looking at other things happening in the background or watching what other characters are doing. Um, you know, in a, in a scene showing two or three people, I'm looking at the others. Uh, I'm not focused on Brie. Um, and I feel like that's uh, – I feel like – could that be what they're going for? In some cases, sure, that could be a choice the director is making or the storyteller is making. But I would I would assume that by and large, the goal is to focus on the, the, t- the titular character of the film. And I just felt my attention slipping off of her. It could be the performance. It could just be the way the character was written. There's no way for me to really know the defining trait that caused my attention to slip like that. But something about either the the portrayal or the the way the character was written or how Breed chose to do it or her chemistry with other characters, I don't know. Something caused my attention to slip, and I shouldn't have that problem in a film that is supposedly being touted as something that not only – you know, Marvel's, you know, quote unquote, first female led uh, superhero film like this and something that's supposed to tie into Endgame, you know, something that's supposed to be built up like this. I shouldn't have my attention slipping. So I I, by by no means that I hate the film. By no means do I think Brie Larson did a horrible job. By no means did I not the, the, the are the aspects I didn't like about this film aspects I didn't like because it's a woman or yes. whatever. Yeah, heaven forbid you actually, you know, which is kind of funny just from the perspective of it's not like people criticized. It's not like people. It's not like people. I mean, we'll talk about we'll talk about this later more. But it's but it's the whole idea, and and we've talked about this general just general concept that the whole idea nowadays that my God, you can't express an opinion that a certain group thinks is you know doesn't like that you can't express that opinion without it. Without a your opinion not mattering, and oh you're a misogynist, you're a sexist, you're a fascist, you're a racist, you're a troll, all these things, and and yet championing, you know, the, I suppose to be for free speech and for free exchange of ideas, but yet that's good as long as you say what we want, <laughs> or else shut up. That people didn't have this reaction to Wonder Woman. People weren't concerned about oh you know it shouldn't. It, there was a there was a specific reason why people had concerns about this movie, even moving beyond. Pol- Brie Larson and her, and her politics and her statements, just by based on what we saw in the trailers, there was concern, there was reason to be concerned about what you were getting in this movie based on what you saw in the trailers. And from and and on this level, you're absolutely correct when you said everything you saw you you like, kind of gave away the, the movie. You essentially saw the way she was pl- going to play this character, though she was a little more human in mm-hmm. the movie. But right. But it wasn't in a complete misdirection either, which would have been hor- which would make sense on one level because it'd be horribly stupid to make her seem like, oh, well, we want you to think she's a robot. Why? Because that's not going to make that's going to make people uneasy. <laughs> so people had legitimate concerns about this, and especially, and this is where the mar- the marketing did no, they did not do. 
I think it was personally, I think it was the writing in this movie that did her no favors. I think the script was not particularly good. I don't think it was a particularly interesting story. And as far as, and while not every origin story we've seen has been dealing with this big, bad, universal, planetary destroying kind of threat, a lot of them have been. And, and on the sliding scale of the big issue she was dealing with at the end, it really wasn't that big a deal. In the big picture compared to what Doctor Strange was dealing with or the Guardians were dealing with or, or, or uh, yeah, I mean, you could you, you could use a lot of characters that have had more, but but I think I think the issue is that when you when you already put the cart before the horse, which is really not what Marvel has done. That's what DC has done, putting the cart before the horse and saying this is the character that's going to be the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're leading us forward after Phase Three. You don't even know if people are going to like this character yet. You don't before it even opens. You have no idea how people are going to react to this character. And you, you're putting this out there, and while I think she's going, she's going to be a factor in dealing with Thanos, but I don't, but she's not going to be. Let's put it this way: she may, be, she may have a role in quote unquote defeating Thanos. I don't think she's going to have any role in reversing the snap. I True, think. and I, and, and here's here's another aspect in terms of her her development in in Endgame. The entire point of this movie was her yes. uh, well not the entire point but the entire point of this movie was her journey back towards her humanity. So I I, th- I entirely I, I definitely see you watching or, or you myself anybody watching Endgame and liking her character more in Endgame than they did yes. uh, in, in Captain Marvel but that's the point her 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 journey back towards her her meet her, her humanity and the fact that okay Fury's gone that's her friend she's trying to get him back she's also working with these other heroes who are humans uh, maybe she's working you know closely with Black Widow or. Um, God, it's been so long since I've actually saw uh, Black Panther. What's uh, what's what's her name? Um, the, the the you mean Shuri? No, not Shuri. Uh, the the leader of the guard. Oh um, God, Okoye. Yeah, Okoye. Yes, uh, working closely with with uh, with Okoye, working close closely with Black Widow. Uh, I mean, like, there's maybe maybe that will help bolster her likability and and her interaction, like because they like I said, the entire point was her journey journey back towards her humanity. So I I definitely see the potential in this character to be relatable and 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 and, and lovable and likable and, and funny and 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 super powerful. I mean, by the end of this movie, her power you can't question her power. That's 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 a no brainer. But but I definitely based on this movie alone, those claims and and the fact that you're going to rest your entire, uh, you know, that she's going to be one of the leads going forward into phase three or whatever we're going to call it now. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, How how they use her also is going to be important. Obviously, they've been. They were, you know, they're, which you're never going to know whether it's true or not. Well, you, the odds are you'll never know whether it's true that the Russos were not particularly thrilled with basically having to use Captain Marvel that they really don't, didn't. And I also read one rumor, which I completely, I don't really believe that they literally have had like two two versions of the movie. One which Captain Marvel has a much smaller role, and which in one she has a bigger role, and maybe it was going to be dependent on how her movie did, depending on which. I don't know. That's possible. I don't believe it, but I think it's certainly more likely that it is true that they were not that they were not necessarily overjoyed about having to maybe shoehorn her in, but they would have preferred to just focus on uh, 
decor of it. Yeah, that oh. that in that in credit scene in this film where she just sort of appears, I was like, hmm. Which, which is which is interesting by itself because. I'm sure I, it's pretty safe to say that's much like we've seen, you know, the, the Civil War th- scene at, you know, with uh, Cap and Bucky and the Falcon, and just like we saw the uh, Thor and Doctor Strange scene uh, at, the, at the end of what Doctor Strange foreshadowing ra- what Ragnarok or whatever it was. Uh, that that's probably actually going to be a scene from Endgame. And, and the, the interesting <laughs> thing about it is, obviously, that scene takes place shortly after the snap. Right, because he's Captain America still has his beard. I believe on the screens you're seeing the the updated totals of the of the nations reporting they're dead or they're quote unquote missing. So, and it'd be interesting to see how they got how they were able to get his pager. That's another thing that you kind of need some kind of explanation for, since it's just lying on the lying on the street as opposed something could have stepped on it, whatever. But yeah, how how they use her is going to be important because no because she can't be a do ex machina. She can't be. Not ultimately. I actually, I in my mind, I see her more likely to be like kind of with Thor and Rocket and Nebula because I kind of see them maybe being the group that goes to deal with Thanos, current Thanos, or are organizing like if, if Thanos is reorganizing his army, they're reorganizing an army to face him, while a lot of the other characters are the ones who primarily are doing their quantum realm jumping to doing what they're doing with the stones. I really don't care what they have her do as long as, A, she can't just dominate Thanos because that because that makes everybody else look so much weaker. And, like I said, she can be in, she can be have a role in defeating Thanos in, in our current timeline, but the undoing of the snap, that has to rely, I think, on... on really, it should rely on any... at least... Uh, Tony and Cap, and ideally Tony, Cap, and Thor as the main three. But either way, it has to that has to be with the real with the original Avengers. That's what that I can't that nobody. I mean, I don't even. I mean, I don't think I would want it, but I wouldn't even care because she technically was wearing the gauntlet if it was basically if everybody else put helped get get all the stones and make and make it a possibility, you know. But mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think they'll do that. I don't think she is going to be the one that reverses things. Uh. Uh, but yeah. They, yeah, but they put, but again, trying staying on point a little. How they use her in Endgame is going to be big because you can't just again, you just bring. It's like that thing I've re- referenced before. It's like it's like when you're reading a mystery, reading a mystery, and you're trying to figure out who done it, and then they introduce a character with three pages left to go and go. Oh, there's the character. That's who did it. Like you had any chance to solve the mystery, you did couldn't because 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 the because the winning selection wasn't ever there for you to take. Uh, yeah. or to notice that's what you don't want with her where oh yeah it's building towards this this is ending the story that we've been going watching and pe- caring about for 11 years now with these main characters and yeah this character who who basically had slightly more personality than, than, than a loaf of bread and showed up for five minutes before or five minutes yeah uh really before considering it was in the past and she's the one who solves the issues um, yeah. we'll see. Uh, one thing, one, one thing I wanted to say, uh, because I, I'm saying they gave away so much in the trailers, and I'm not really giving you an example. One thing that like fell completely flat for me, the th- as an example of what I'm talking about, guys, the the um, uh, Mar Marvel's secret lab in orbit. 
it you know sort of phasing into view after you know getting rid of the the cloaking mechanism or whatever that was in one of the trailers so i had seen that shot and we're so further and further and further into this movie and and more and more things are being revealed and we're like oh we're looking for you know she had a lab i'm like oh that's gonna be that ship that's in orbit right (laughs) you know what i mean like there's there's there were so many things uh that that's just one example of of these things that I'd already seen or had been referenced in the trailers that, you know, we're getting further and further along into the movie. And, uh, you know, oh, I'm going to see this right about here. Five minutes later. Yep, there it is. You know, like there, there was nothing in that movie that really shocked me. And, and that's I, I just wanted I wanted to give an example right. because I'm saying this thing and I'm not really kind of backing it up. So that, that's one example, guys. I'm, I'm just trying to organize thoughts because I didn't really write notes to kind of guide me on this. Uh, I don't know what the hell they bothered even bringing Lee Pace back for as Ronan because he was literally mm-hmm. in the because yeah. I don't I don't even know if he if he actually had a, a tr- even like if he had six, 60 seconds of screen time total maybe he had if he had more than that then maybe it was like a, a, like a two minutes of actual screen time when you when you put put it all back to back it was it was like it was pointless you didn't really no, he would no, it was there was a point to uh, show how powerful she was yeah but that ronan turned tail and ran yeah but you didn't it could have been any accuser it could have been any accuser really it could have been that, could, that's that's true we just, just already had we, yes, ronan we know we know we know ronan and it's a, and, and it's another little tie-in easter egg thing because we know what we know what ends up where he ends up going but his what his fate is right uh Nick Fury was good. I mean, they did a good, probably because it's easier with Sam Jackson because he still looks really good for his age. But they, the, I think the CGI de aging Sam Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury was good. The Coulson I don't think worked as well. No, I don't think that. That's why I'm kind of glad, even though I, I like Coulson as a character because of the fact that it looked more fake. I'm kind of glad he was barely in the movie too. Have you ever watched any of the Agents of Shield? No, I probably uh, probably when it's all over, I probably will binge watch it. I probably will. Uh, you need to, man. It got better and better and better. And like I, I, I've said before, I've said thousands of times, uh, season four with Ghost Rider and the life model decoys and all that shit, dude, it was, it's just so good. Season five, I was just like a little off on because it's like in future, in space, like that whole thing. Right. But but it was all it was it, the way it was done was very well. I, I only say this, guys, because I, you know, I had my entire MCU collection on Blu-ray on the shelf, but I only had the first season of Agents of Shield on Blu-ray, and I was missing all the others. I recently got all. I recently got two, three, four, and five uh, on Blu-ray in the mail, uh, and they're they're uh, multi-regional um, right. copies. So, the, for some reason, they they don't sell they don't sell the Agents of Shield on Blu-ray in the states. Which is concerning to me, and maybe we can talk about it another time because I don't want to get too far off the Captain Marvel track. Which is, it's odd to me that they they that the they you know they have the, the Netflix stuff um, uh, that they do, and, and it's understandable why that wouldn't be a, a Blu-ray release. But the the stuff that you're airing on ABC that's supposedly part of your MCU, like the, your big show. You're not putting that out for general consumption on Blu-ray in the States. It has to be on a multi-regional disc that you can only get online. That's a little concerning to me. Yeah. It makes it makes sense that like um, Cloak and Dagger, you know, that would be something because that's that's you know a different platform and everything, but but this is ABC. 
why is this show not released mm, for general consumption? That's sort of it's the same with Agents, uh, not Agents of Shield, um, Agent Carter. If you want to get Agent Carter, you got to go buy it online on a multi-regional format. Yeah, that is interesting. Sorry, uh, I didn't. I, no, it's all right. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, overall, I mean, I think another thing that hurts it hurts Brie Lawson. Uh, Brie Lawson a little on this was the fact that if you almost all the supporting cast members were more memorable than her, or the mm. acting was better. I mean, obviously Samuel Jackson was better. Ben Mendelsohn was great, and I'm really glad that. And I'm glad they they kind of. They kind of gave the twist because you're so used to him playing the bad guy to begin with mm-hmm. that it was it was nice to have a twist where he's you think he's playing yet another typical Ben Mendelsohn bad guy and he's actually not so that was cool. Jude Law was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Benning was really good more as as the Wendy Larson Marvel I think than the kind of like almost like Matrix like supreme intelligence kind of that didn't do much for me. Uh, uh, Lashana Lynch was pretty good as Maria Rambo, even though she wasn't in it all that much. She didn't really enjoy her as much. I would have, I, I would have liked to see. When I say I don't really, didn't really enjoy her as much, it's not because of anything bad she did. I just didn't spend. We didn't spend enough time with her for me to care about that friendship. No, I agree. Uh, uh, it, it, her daughter was infinitely more likable. Yes, I was going to say that. Mom, it, yeah. Mom, as we know, Monica as a character, if they can, if they were to at least go on some semblance of of the comic books, obviously Monica is more important, uh, right? To, to begin with, but yeah, she, her her person, her personality and her interaction, especially with uh, with Carol, yes. So you could definitely see that. Uh, speaking of going back to your non PC comment about hotness, uh, Jim, uh, Gemma Chan there as Minerva was really hot. <laughs> Which one was Minerva? I'm sorry. Uh, hold on. I... Was that was that Jude Law's like uh, the, second in command chick? Yeah, the blue chick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. yeah, 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 yeah. She was really, she was really, really attractive. Yes, yeah. So I think the I think the cast was I think the cast in a way made her task a little harder just because and again it may very well have been the writing but but they either were given more to do or, and. Or that it was written in where they could do more with it. Maybe that's better. Uh, the cat was cool. I, I don't like – I wish they hadn't make the, made the cat responsible for him losing his eye. Yeah, that's uh, that's a big controversy that's happening. I know my brother-in-law, he hasn't even seen the movie. He, I told him – I told him – like he, he didn't have any interest in seeing the film. He thought the trailers looked boring. Uh, he also uh, – which I can agree with him to some, some extent – he also uh, was was very put off by a lot of the the remarks that Brie went out of her way to make, or that he perceived as she went out of her way to make. So I told him, I said, "Look, I I went, you know, kind of knowing what he likes and things like that. I said I went into this film just sort of, all right, I, I want to see it, I need to see it, uh, let's see what happens." And I walked out of it going, "Well, it was okay." So if you're going into it with these preconceived notions of you're not going to like it and you walk out with just a meh Marvel movie, you're going to be more negative about it than you originally were. So I said, just don't even bother seeing it. So uh, he uh, he uh, just uh, that's for, for the record, guys, that's just for his perspective, since I know him. Um, but, uh, yeah, he he had heard about the, the Nick Fury thing and he with with a cat and he was pissed <laughs> so it's like it's a good thing i guess you didn't see it <laughs> uh so 
Which again, I, I kind of agree. It's 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 sort of weird. It it's funny. I get it. I get the comedic part of it, but I don't know. Like you you can make Nick funny and have him do his thing, but that just makes him almost too funny. If that sort of makes sense, like Nick shouldn't Nick shouldn't have that much comedy in his background. And I and I actually. Even though I guess towards towards the end they kind of make the cat more like a wild card, which is weird because for the whole for like nine, three quarters of the movie the cat's clearly on their side. Yeah. And then the cat, cat then the cat kind of does that Darth Vader looking at you know looking at Luke back going back and forth like hmm for a moment before going back to the side he was. But I, I don't see I didn't get I don't I I think they hurt the cat as stupid as it is I think they hurt the character of. Of Goose by doing that because Goose was essentially a pro a pro good guy character, uh, so and I, yeah you could chalk it up to him scratching Nick Fleur, Nick Fury just because not even because he's a flurkin but because he's a cat so so it's not like he did it on purpose he's just that sometimes cats do really painfully stupid things that I can I can vouch for and they and they're not necessarily doing it with evil intent it's just so I don't necessarily think you know. Goose was lashing out at Nick Fury for any other reason. That's why, and clearly the actual wound itself, just the impact of the wound was not severe. It's just the fact that it's a flurkin, <laughs> and it's probably just like has, has such horrible like toxic toxicity in its in its claws. <laughs> uh, but yeah. so that that I and the question and it also leads to the end. It's like why would you have that cat just sitting around? I know I know what's in they know what's inside it. Or he knows what's inside it. But it doesn't necessarily mean you want to let it have like kind of like free reign to do what it wants. <laughs> Speaking yeah, it of makes, it, it, it makes me wonder if the Air Force base that they broke into where Goose was, if they knew. No, I, I doubt it. That Pegasus, the Project Pegasus thing. Was, yeah. Was working. I, I I doubt it. I think it was pro- – obviously we knew Marvell knew. I mean I think you can take that to the bank because really yeah. that's, that's the thing too. I mean Goose isn't really – Carol's cat. It's it's Marvell's cat, which also opens the door whether we're going to get like a reunion between Carol Danvers and uh, and Goose. Maybe at the end, maybe at the very end of Endgame, because <laughs> I don't think Goose is going to be a factor, though. Though he, though some have made the case he could be, considering his unique abilities to swallow Infinity Stone. <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah, if Goose ends up being the 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 Deus Ex Machina that defeats Thanos, I'm going to quit. He swallows, he swallows the gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> I give up. The MCU is dead to me. <laughs> they, 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 they go back. They go back in time. Quail doesn't act like a dick. They get the gauntlet off his hand, and the goose swallows the gauntlet. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you know that after Endgame comes out, uh, the How It Should Have Ended crew is going to do a, like a goose scene where Goose just eats the gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> they also play. I mean, speaking of, I mean, the Tesseract isn't the worst part of this. But they do, they do play really fast and loose with the, with the history that we already that's already been established in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, I didn't have a huge issue with uh, Wendy Lost and Marvel having te- having uh, access to the Tesseract because we really don't know we don't know you know where exactly they kept they kept the Tesseract for all the time after Howard Stark fished it out of the sea. Yeah, but. And it does end up back with Shield after after Goose pukes it up. So at least we know the Tesseract ends back up again. 
So that, but to me, that isn't a big continuity problem. It's, it's a problem when you have Nick Fury talking about in the original Avengers movie that basically because of Thor and the events of Thor, that's when they realize how they were, you know, like hopelessly, laughably, whatever you phrase, you know, outnum, you know, outnumbered and outpowered and everything else. And but obviously that's bullshit because we know obviously from obviously 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 the the word of the password is obviously that we know from this movie that Nick Fury knows all that shit from this. From, from from the 1990s, so he shouldn't be shocked by any. But he shouldn't be shocked by anything that really happened on that level in in Thor. Just like uh, just like now, now they've done this for a while. Whether it was on the T, I think we certainly know they did it in Ant Man and the Wasp and stuff. And I think they did it in the in the Peggy Carter show that they, that Shield people called Shield Shield at least behind closed doors long before it ever was officially crowned Shield. Even though we, that is still kind of a problem because they, we we know in Iron Man that you know Coulson was still saying the full name till the very end of the movie, so that's a little problematic. But again, they've they've been in, they've been consistently inconsistent with that, and so that that doesn't bother, that isn't as that isn't you know a huge deal. You know, I'm I'm sure most people really I think most people had a bigger issue with Fury losing his eye the way he did, along with renaming the Avengers Initiative because of Carol. Dan yeah. call sign, which of course isn't really your call sign. It was kind of like you know, it was revised. It was a retcon of her call sign. So I, yeah. th- I think a lot of people had issue with that because of the fact that oh, she ca-. because it also raises the question. Okay, so what exactly has Nick Fury been doing from like 1995ish, whenever this movie was set until 2008? <laughs> he found nobody. <laughs> I think I think some of the movies going forward will be him. Fi- will 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 be um, kind of expanding on the universe, uh, expanding on the Shield files because it's it's another good. It's it's not necessarily a tie-in uh, per se, but it's a good thing about um, uh, watching Agents of Shield uh, is you know the the team will encounter things that Shield has uh, kept record of in the past uh, or. You know, uh, 0184s that, uh, which is essentially an object of unknown origin and power that uh, Shield has found, categorized, and stashed away um, from various events in, in Shield's past. So, so they're um, going to have a, so like so like a, they're going to have like a Raiders of the Lost Ark Area 51 warehouse of shit. They, they 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 do, and there's a there's a point I think in early in season one or two where that gets raided. Um, there's there's kind of a plot line where they're finding 0184s, and the the company line is it's you know it, these these objects are too powerful to be uh, in the possession of any one government facility. So what they do is they launch rockets into space, sending these uh, these um, these 0184s of power just into the sun, so that it destroys them, and and we we as humanity can't destroy ourselves over them. Uh, and one of the things you find out through the course of the series is they're not really doing that. They're just stashing them away in this, this, these hidden vaults and kind of throwing away the key. So they still have them. They're still there. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're aware, you know, because it happened in, in uh, a Winter Soldier. But, uh, you know, Hydra comes back. They make their presence known. That happens in the show. And, you know, Hydra is a much bigger factor in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, than the, than it has been in the MCU in terms of you know them them coming out of the shadows of, of the Shield organization and, and the impact therein you know the high, when uh, during the downfall of Shield one of the things that happens is Hydra raids the vault 
So, you know, you're, you're, you can go in there and you can say, you know, just because of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. series, you've seen multiple times these, these events and, and technology and these encounters and things that have happened in the past kind of come back to haunt uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, going forward. So it's, it's entirely plausible to me as a fan of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. if there are moments where, you know, uh, some member of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Nick Fury in particular, since he's our POV character in, in that sort of respect, comes forward and kind of reveals another aspect um, that sh- uh, of, of a powered person that they had encountered in the past that they hadn't really brought up until now. Like, for instance, just as an example, I would not be surprised if... Um, you know, at some point down the line, there's there's a a file that says someone in Shield encountered one of the one of the people um, uh, that uh, the ancient one had trained. You know, they were aware of the Time Stone and the magicians and all of this stuff, but they just sort of, you know, uh, th- that sort of thing. I would not be surprised if 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 that sort of revelation starts uh, kind of happening more and more going forward. But yeah, so I mean, I don't know. You, you I would say this. I think this kind of, to me, this kind of also, if we want to, can segue into other as the other things we wanted to talk about this movie, not related to us. But I would say this movie is this movie is definitely at the bottom tier of the MCU mm. for me. It's it's. I would probably rank it still above. The Iron Man sequels and Thor, uh, Dark World, and The Incredible Hulk, but that's exactly where it goes. It gets fit, you know, it gets slotted into that bottom, bottom third. That's what there's been 21 movies now, so it's it's firmly planted, absolutely in the like the bottom seven, uh, for me. It it's not it's not memorable. It's not memorable. I mean, it, it, or maybe the best way to phrase it is the, the only thing memorable about the movie is, is, is all the controversy and the consternation and the questions about what, what this movie was actually going to do <laughs> when it opened up. Not any, there's nothing memorable about, memorable about what we saw on screen. Really. It's a pretty forgettable story. Uh, yeah, I think it's better than dark world. I think it's better than iron man two. Um, I think it's, better than or equal to Ant-Man for me. I can't, I, I, I do have like a little, a small special place in my heart for Iron Man three. I think I enjoyed it a little bit more than other people did. Um, I'm not sure if it's e- So I, I would put it right alongside Thor, the first, first Thor and Ant-Man. It's somewhere in there. I can't tell you if, if it's better than both of them or better than one of them, it's only like a hair better. But for me, in terms of ranking it, it 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 falls it falls right around Thor and the first Ant Man. But definitely towards the bottom tier, though. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, so that being said, I think when you look at when you look at the way people review movies, usually there's. And this doesn't mean our discussion is necessarily closed. By the way, I just seems like a natural segue. That to me, you know, you know, critics can either get a movie, you know, they can actually get it, and they, as far as you know, overall what they they assess it, and it doesn't mean that they're necessarily give it a thumbs up. They could give it a thumbs down, but it could be, but that they could be getting the movie correct because it sucks. That critics can either get the movie, they completely spit the bit on it because they they're, they're missing something that other that maybe the fans get, kind of like you know when you get something like Venom and things like that when there's such a huge disparity. And then there's kind of the in-between phase where it's like, yeah, it's 
which I guess you could kind of say maybe it'd be real kind to say maybe Last Jedi is in there, only because Last Jedi was almost like a 50-50 split, so it's not like everybody hated that movie. So I would say the but the critics were definitely they 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 you know, but that was probably still more that they were wrong just because they overwhelmingly liked it and the fans did and the overall consensus of viewing the movie was people did not overwhelmingly like it. I think the critics if you look at the tomato meter score for this movie is let me just hit refresh just in case it's changed again because there's a lot of reviews for this movie 406 as we speak 79% and it's pretty much between 79 and 80 for like the last two or three days and I think the majority of the reviews are probably in so it's safe to say it's going to fit it's going to end up somewhere in that range. Uh, that's about right because that puts you that puts you relatively at a relatively low ranked a, a reviewed Marvel cinematic movie. Hmm. It's not horrible. It's not the worst. It's the worst reviewed movie since Ultron. Ultron was, I think, seventy-five. So it's the, so the real marker for this movie was eighty-two because eighty-two is what the original Ant-Man got. So anything below eighty-two was going to make it the worst reviewed Marvel movie since Ultron. And it, it's pretty much barring a huge, you know, surge, which is doubtful at this point. Unless, and I think that's accurate. I think this movie is it's exact that that's. Exactly what it is. Now, some people, some of the reviews, as always, are drinking the Kool-Aid. It's like, oh, she's like the best thing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe since whatever, and I wish she had been included in the event. It's like, Jesus. It's like, what are you, what are you talking about? That's when you, that's when it makes you wonder if it's somebody, if there's somebody who's more agenda-driven than really movie critic, you know, watching what you're viewing on screen and reviewing it as objectively as possible. Uh, we know this movie, so I think the critics' reviews are pretty much hit it on the head. Obviously, and this is one of the things that we kind of talked about in that in that last episode <laughs> or alluding to. We know Rotten Tomatoes did not do this movie really any favors by the way they've kind of played games with their. You know, first they took they they wiped out the want to see factor, which is moronic because it, it's and justifying it by saying, "Oh, some people thought it was it could be reviews." No, that you just don't like the fact that people were jumping on the were registering and people were doing this because they I saw people openly say this on some YouTube videos posts about, "Oh yeah, I just registered. <laughs> I just registered now so I could go vote vote down that I wanted to see Captain Marvel." So th there clearly was book cooking going on here, but you can't but that doesn't mean you should it doesn't mean you should do away with that feature. You can't right. you can't have that knee jerk reaction all the time. You can't have one per one thing ruin it for everybody. Now, yes, there are some things like with public and like uh, if you find there's a problem with a, an auto automobile part, you do a, you do a whoa, and you do a recall on it or something. That yeah, sometimes one one event or two events are enough that you change stuff. That's absolutely true, but. There's also a whole lot of knee-jerk reacting going on. Same way we don't have midnight showings anymore because anymore because of the shooting in what Aurora because of uh, the Dark Knight Rises. Like you can't have midnight because you can't have shootings at ten o'clock. <laughs> I mean, where's the logic in that? But it's the same kind of thing. You just can't. You just can't just react like that because then it makes it look like you're trying to protect the movie, right? Yeah. It makes it look like you're trying to, and then there's a controversy about did they really throw out a bunch of, did they really throw out some audience scores, that, the, the, a, a bunch of audience scores when the when the movie first went on, or was that a mistake? Did they really bring in some of the you know want to see ratings and, and counted them as reviews? Either way, so I I think that they dodged a bullet on this one. 
Marvel dodged a bullet on this one. I think if it, if it wasn't leading into Endgame, I don't think there would have been as much enthusiasm for this movie. I think some people probably will be disappointed if they haven't seen it to see how little tie into Endgame this really has. <laughs> With the exception of seeing how she, you know, she soups up his pager, so that's why his pager can find, can contact her. And yes, the literally the scene probably from Endgame that, the, that that's the mid credit scene. But if this was not a, right before Endgame. I don't know if the interest in this movie would have been as as high. It's certainly it was a horrible blueprint for how to market a movie, but not just because of the trailers, but because of what Brie Larson herself. That regardless of whether you agree with what Brie Larson has said or not, that's not the point. The point is, it's it's dumb because when you're trying to market, you're trying to market to the biggest audience possible, and to openly to 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 go out of your way to try to alienate at least a third of your audience is stupid. Now, if you're big enough, you can do it. Depending on like your Stephen, like Stephen King gives zero fucks these days. He he does it all the time, and sometimes he may do it, but it, but his but the material that he writes may not beat you over the head with it. Sometimes it does, but sometimes you know how Stephen King feels in real life, and he shoots his mouth off about this or that. But the book has nothing to do with you know his personal beliefs on po- or politics, and you can enjoy the book. But it's never a smart marketing strategy. No one would tell you this is how you market anything. And the timing is poor, just like we talked about Liam Neeson's comments right before what uh, uh, Cold Pursuit came out. It's like it's not going to help. You know, it's not what you want. You never want. So the idea that there's no such thing as bad publicity—that's not true. There absolutely is bad publicity. There can be. So they dodged a bullet on this one. So if they, so if the lesson Marvel slash or Marvel slash Disney takes from this is, ah, we really don't have to worry. We, we, you know, we were trying to rein her in, or we really tried to, you know, back backtrack, but we probably don't have to do that going forward. If that's the lesson they learn, then that's the wrong lesson. They should learn that, you know, they kind of, they did kind of dodge dodge a bullet. And like you talked about the whole thing that it's really annoying now. Just like everybody was overwhelmingly negative towards this movie to begin with, as soon as the movie comes out. And makes as much money as it has, which we'll talk about in a second. The reality is now it's like, oh, a big victory over the internet trolls and all this stuff. It's like not everybody who had concerns about this movie or wasn't overly interested in this movie was a troll or is a troll. Not everybody who didn't like the movie who saw it is a troll. It's just that – it's just that like you – I'm glad you brought it up first. It's just that bullshit narrative that you have to th- – whatever group A is, you have to think what group A thinks or else you, sh- you shouldn't have a right to an express opinion. Express that opinion or you will be attacked personally to basically make your p- opinion null and void and why sh- – as a reason why it shouldn't count. And it's not like – because the same people – you know, people were not reacting to – to Wonder Woman like this. It's like, oh, we don't want to see a female-led superhero movie. No. That's not the case. People, people again, assuming she wasn't opening her mouth the same way uh, Brie Larson was, people would be, people certainly would not be been so concerned about a Black Widow movie if that, was, if that had come out now, or, or a Scarlet Witch movie if that had been coming out now instead. No. So it's it, it was a combination of the character, a combination of the trailers, and a combination of Brie Larson herself which concerns some people, and so yeah, some people, some people use it as an excuse. Some people just, yeah, pro- I'm, I'm not, I'm not no, neither one of us would come out and say there aren't some people that really feel, oh, the, who wants to see a, a female super? You know, there's some people, yeah, but you're always going to find idiots who think anything. You know, doesn't I mean? So there's always going to be, there's always going to be the outliers, but you don't, but whenever you generalize and just say, oh. 
anybody who doesn't like this movie or doesn't want to see this movie is this or that or doesn't want to read this book. That's it's really dangerous because it's that whole end justifies the mean thing. You know, it's the fact that so that so that mm. yeah that that was that was tough. Um, I'll, I've been rambling for a few minutes, so I'll let you talk before we talk about anything related to the, the no, box, no, the box office. Uh, All right, yeah. So let's go. Let's go ahead and move on into box office stuff and go from there. Cool. I think we got more. I think we got more out of the actual talk of the movie than we anticipated we would. I, so we I, can I, to be we fair, can run this stuff down. Yeah, we'll do it fast. I to be fair, I I kind of thought we were going to have a decent size. Ep- I thought there was enough to talk about. Oh, we still have to talk about the the, the merger, the Disney merger thing. Oh, but that'll be brief too. All right. So this uh, so Captain Marvel had the the seventh. It was the seventh biggest opening weekend in uh, the Marvel Cinematic history. Which is kind of ironic because I think both of us would put it towards the bottom seven of the movies, but yet it was <laughs> it was this. So it so so let's see, Captain Marvel here. I got eight I got eight thousand windows open. So so Captain Marvel, and so I want to look at the the as we speak, Captain Marvel has made one hundred seventy nine million dollars domestically and five hundred twenty four a little over five hundred twenty four million worldwide. It's it's weekend box office. It had a, a, a basically like 153.5 uh, million dollars. So it did it did really well. Uh, overall, it's done really well. It certainly will have a shot to crack a billion dollars. I don't know if it'll do it. No, obviously, nothing's going to be derailing it domestically this weekend. Says nothing comes out of uh, consequence. I know Us comes out next week, which I think will get some viewers. I don't know if that's going to be. So the only thing really curious to watch about Captain Marvel will be what kind, of, how big the drop is going to be off in week two. That's what's going to be, you know, in, whether it's going to have any kind of hold, anything close to Black Panther, which even if it does does for a second week, I, Black Panther was such an out, it was an outlier. It's hard, really hard to imagine that it's going to hold on like that. Uh, but it's done really, it's done well. It it certainly ended up on the higher end of remember because we were talking we. we I th- I think we had talked about that in the lost in the lost episode too, that the, the box office projections had dropped a lot, so they were they had dropped to like, the, the like the median projection was like around a hundred million, and this was probably like about two to three weeks ago, and it ended up going, so it kind of was in the ballpark like a civil war somewhere. I think civil war was in the hundred and fifty something. I have to look at the look at the chart here to see civil war did oh, civil war actually did better, so one hundred seventy nine. Uh, d- so this is yeah this is in the ballpark. I'm trying to find something that's comparable for Captain Marvel. There actually isn't anything completely comparable. I guess Guardians 2. Guardians 2 did 146, 146.5. So that was that. So that was, and considering Guardians 2 was a sequel. But so it's done well. It's going so it continues Marvel's streak. So they 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 got pretty much everything they really wanted out of this movie overall. So I I think eventually they're, they're gonna they're gonna lay an egg eventually because <laughs> law of averages says they have to. Oh, one thing I do think, which is a problem, which kind of I think they're making a mistake not announcing any of the f- movies that are coming out next year, pushing this off. I don't see the I don't see why, especially if you're doing a Scarlet. If you let's say you're doing a Black Widow movie, she's alive now, so why would you? You're not gonna necessarily think she's gonna die anyway. So would it hurt to say Black Widow is gonna be one of the movies that's coming out in 2020? I think it's really weird. I mean, because they have to be they're gonna have to start shooting these movies soon if they're doing having a May release. 
right? Right. You 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 mentioned you mentioned Scarlet Witch. You you, you do know that uh, there's going to be that like that Loki show. Yes, yeah, so Loki that's, and, yeah, yeah on the, on their streaming. So they're going to be doing if the Loki. Yeah. Show, but the but the Loki is a pre is a prequel, clearly correct. And there, but there's also the Scarlet Witch thing that's going to be happening. So she'll be getting her own thing with the Vision. Yes, with the Vision. I mean, that, but that has yet to be confirmed whether it's a it's a prequel though, right? That one's still up in the air. I'm not sure. I haven't been keeping up with it recently. But Loki, because Loki is supposedly dead, so it would make sense that it's a pre- it, it's a prequel with him. But yeah, so so some of these characters are going to be getting their their due on 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 the small screen and to, to help their streaming service. But supposedly they're not. Marvel's not announced. Well, I heard two things. First of all, Marvel clearly is not announcing any new movie until after Endgame. But I also heard another rumor that they may not be announcing it until after Home after Far From Home. Which is really stupid. You're not going to announce a movie till July, when, when the next movie's supposed to come out in May. I mean, that's I don't know. That's, they can do it. They can do it. But I think it's it's push. I mean, what I don't know. I know part of it. I'm sure is the secrecy, and maybe part of it has to do with the the merger. Maybe part of it has to do with the merger. But it's really really weird. To me, I think I think they should at least. I don't know. I, th- I especially because we since things are gonna. I know things are supposed to change at the end of, when Endgame's over with the you know MCU is supposed to be like change forever whatever that happens to mean, but that also there's also a little bit of nervousness that comes with change and if you're and depending how this movie resolves some of the, the fates of some of these major characters. It might be nice to know that you're getting something coming down the road <laughs> that you're actually can, that you're not keeping your finger. You know, it's not like oh god, we're getting like we're getting like the the Eternals and Blade and all those things, <laughs> as opposed to getting you know, something that you feel more comfortable in. At least one of the three. I still think Black Panther will be one next year, and I still think probably Doctor Strange two. I still think it's probably unless they're going to pull something out of there, you know what, and it's going to be something related to the merger. I think it's going to be it probably will be Strange. Widow and Black Panther. Uh, but speaking of the merger, that supposedly next week, a week from tomorrow, the tw- I think the 21st, I believe, 20th or the 21st, is the date is the date for the the acquisition, not the real merger. I say merger, the acquisition of Fox, the Fox properties by Disney is supposed to be official, which that which will then mean if they want to do after credit scenes, we. You know, Related to the X Men or the Fantastic Four or things like that, they whether they shot them already, which they probably did, they can actually release them and not have to worry about it. So my question to you is: If we are going to get at least one after credit scene, post credit scene, mid credit scene related to some of the Fox properties, which property, which which property and or characters do you think we're most likely to get a hint of? Number one, most likely Wolverine. He's the most he's the most recognizable. Uh, he's one that people are the most excited for um, in terms of X Men. I, I don't think you're going to see Xavier roll in. I don't see think you're going to see Storm come floating into Wakanda under a thunderstorm. Or I I, I, I think if you're going to go with an X Men, Wolverine is the most iconic, the most recognizable, and one of the ones that people are most excited for. Um, beyond that, I, I wonder if, uh, the, the only other super likely one, 
I, is is Fantastic Four, and the only reason I say for the four instead of like picking one of them is I can see it being a group shot from like behind or something, or I could see it being something as simple as uh, you know Reed Richards is calling for you or you know something like that. Um, so it's it, it could be really. Uh, but then th- if it's that simple, it could really be any of them. Sue Storm is calling. Johnny Storm is call- you know, whatever. Um, so I, I don't see one necessarily one, one of the four being more um, more likely than the other in terms of a, of a like a physical shot of them. Like I said, in silhouette or from behind, it's more likely that you'd see all four at once or that you'd hear, you know, so-and-so is calling you or something like that. So Fantastic Four related or Wolverine related is my call in terms of a uh, a, uh, a cameo shout out and like an end credit scene. For me, I would be, I would say I think Fantastic Four is strong. I was just thinking about it as you were talking. Obviously, if they wanted to do a Johnny Storm reference, they should do that at the end of Far From Home. Yeah, I didn't tie that into to Peter Parker, uh, but. I think Fantastic Four is strong. What I would like to see, I would like to see a Doctor Doom. That's what I would like mm. to see. I would like to see a Doctor Doom because, because number one, then you wouldn't have to worry necessarily about casting the actor, about having yeah. to have an actor. Though, though it's possible they already have somebody cast that they haven't announced yet, but they but they could do something. I was thinking about it, something just like like Doctor like Doctor Doom observing stuff and like something like all 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 like all these heroes, all they you know they're they are they are, all they see is victory. All they see is hope. When when all I see is doom, you know. And then you kind of get a reference to the fact that you know it's, it's you realize who it is. It's like which is double obviously would be a double whammy since he is doom. So every time he looks in the mirror, he's doom no matter what. I, I also think it'd be it, it would be wonderful to see doom in this context, mostly because now we've established the magical aspect. Yes. So we can finally get the fact that. Not only is Doom scientifically advanced, but Doom is also a sorcerer. So that 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 would yeah. be cool. So it would set up, th- yeah, it could set up things with Doctor Strange too, potentially. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing, which I think sadly is probably a strong possibility, but I don't want, would be Deadpool. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. I could I could see it happening somehow. I could see it happening. I don't want it. It. Right now, the reality is Deadpool is the drug of the moment more than Wolverine. I think, unless I was, I mean, because we know, unless it's the ultimate curveball and it's Hugh, and it's Hugh Jackman, the reality is we don't, pe- I think people want to see Wolverine, even though Wolverine was really jammed out. Hugh Jackman was so good, it was hard to take this criticism, criticism to heart too much, but Wolverine was really jammed down her throats. A lot. Kind of the way friggin' Mystique is being jammed down her throats now, except Wolverine was actually popular. And was the the X Men, you know, the X Man for the longest time, as opposed to Mystique, that was never anything more than a C tier player. But Hugh Jackman is so associated with that, and so that I don't know. I I could see that when you said it, yeah, something like the claws or something. Just which I, you could see something like that. I wouldn't be, but if they did the yeah, dead, basic, basically what I'm thinking is something visually simple that you don't have to cast. That a quick moment of would get people super excited. If the claws pop, or someone says "Hey, bub," or something like that, 
that's a quick moment where you don't have to cast much of anything. You don't have to show much of anything to get people psyched. So you don't have to worry about casting down the line. Do make sense in that context. The Fantastic Four in silhouette or a back view makes sense since you see the rock guy, the guy on fire, the stretchy guy, the invisible girl. Like the, that, that would make sense. Or the Baxter building. Right. That's true. So, I mean, that's 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 why these things are my picks. Uh, do I understand what you're saying about Deadpool? Yes, but I don't think I don't think there's a, a ton you could do with him that is very quick visually uh, that uh, that would immediately make it clear that it's Deadpool. Like you, like it's it's so associated with Ryan at this point that it's that's just like I mean. you, you you need to you need to hear Ryan quip to well, yeah, understand that's something. I, that's what I assume it would be. It would. It would be it would be Ryan Reynolds. Of course, it would be Ryan Reynolds because because there, because it because there's no reason to believe Ryan Reynolds is not going to continue as Deadpool. Especially, I mean, they 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 would be they were if they're going to continue Deadpool and they and they, I think they kind of already said that they're going to do like an, that they're going to do like a, I think they kind of indicated that Deadpool was still going to stay R, so that indicates that they're going to do that. They would be not that I'm. Clearly, I'm not the biggest Ryan Reynolds fan at the moment, generally speaking. But yeah, they'd be they'd be idiots, which they're not. They get rid of him. So mm-hmm. I think it would be absolute. That's the reason why it'd be recognizable because it would be Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. And the only other reason why I could see them doing that is for the very reason of appeasing the people that are nervous about what's going to happen to Deadpool when when Marvel slash Disney gets them. That I think right. that would be a way to to appease that. Do I want it? No. I, if I had to pick the one I want, I want Doom. I want Doom, damn it! Uh, because because I think Doom should absolutely be the next bi- the at least the the Earthbound big bad that they that they build up that they build up. We know that we know there's Galactus and there's all these inter you know these these uh, I can't, entities. Yeah, I can't wait till they go balls to the wall. Like you'd have to do like Guardians of the Galaxy sort of craziness to pull it off, but Fin Fan Foom. <laughs> like you, you gotta do it. You gotta do it at some point. <laughs> but yeah, it's oh one thing about the movie which kind of surprised me is that you would think the Cree, you think the Cree would have a a, de- a detector for 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 scrolls, kind of like the way the Galadorians had the were able to have the the analyzers for the for their space knights to deal with the diorates. The Cree are pretty advanced. You would think they would be able to come up with some kind of some kind of sensor that that would indicate that. It was a scroll. <laughs> that, that hit me when I was watching the movie. Maybe I just love love Rom too much. It's like you know, it, it, it's like you know, they gave the Galadorians were advanced, but I don't know if they were any more advanced than the Kree. It's like all these space knights had their energy analyzers, so they could just scan a being to find out if they were actually who they thought who they were pretending to be, or whether they were a dire wraith underneath. So why would they? Why would the Kree not be able to come up with technology to do that with with scrolls? But. <laughs> But nonetheless, yeah. So I would I would hope that it's Doctor Doom because we because we know Doc Doc Doctor Doom is a villain that needs to be done right because he's been not done right before. Kind of like if Marvel and and sure they will if Marvel and Sony continue their partnership down the road, Norman Osborn has to be the one they get right when they do this this time. But they when they reintroduce yeah. him in, which they should because he's never been. I mean, they other than the outfit, the Willem Dafoe version wasn't bad. And we never really got to see what the uh, Chris Cooper one would have been because they kind of completely spit the bit on that. But if when they do Norman Osborn right, but when you factor in the, the the butchered Harry version of the Green Goblin and the and the and the Garfield ones, they kind that's that's the reason why they 
any any goblin they butchered twice. So when they do Norman Osborn, they got to do him right, which is probably why it's smart not to jump back into him. You know, why they were they're smart doing some of these other villains first. But Doctor Doom, Doctor Doom could be a big bad badass for the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe because we know Doctor Doom has ties to pretty much all of the major characters, including the ones. Even if some of these characters are going to die in Endgame, but you know he's got ties to Tony, and he's got ties to Spider-Man, he's got ties to Doctor Strange, and and plus he got the Fantastic Four coming in, and he's got ties. You know, Doctor Doom is squared off against almost any everybody. It's anybody who's anybody <laughs> at some point. So he's yeah. I I would pull for I would pull for Doctor Doom, and like we said, you don't have to cast anybody for that. Whatever you do with the voice, it's not like you can't just fix. You you could always fix the voice later on. If you needed to, when you actually cast the actor, just go go back and have him redo the line and put and put it in the movie. That's all you need to do. All right. Well, before we wrap up the the Captain Marvel talk, I wanted to end with one one quick thing in terms of that uh, the, the the topic. At Alamo Draft House, they do uh, specialty um, menus for some of these release these big releases. Uh, so you'll have like a specialty pizza or a specialty entree of some kind with a nice name. Um, and maybe like a specialty dessert, but there's always at least two or three specialty drinks. And I'm, I decided uh, when I was at the theater, I'd take a picture of this little menu, and I, I, I when whenever I re- we review a movie on the show that has uh, that Alamo did a special, um, a special menu for, I'd just come in and I'd tell you what the drinks were. Um, so the two specialty drinks at Captain Marvel at Alamo Draft House were. For the first one, The Force of Our Stars. This is Grey Goose Vodka, St. Germain Elderflower Liqueur, Mint, Fresh Lemon, and Segura Viduas, uh, V-I-U-D-A-S, Viduas Brut Cava. And then The Fury of Shield, which is Evan Williams Black Label Bourbon, Ancho Reyes Chili Liqueur, Dolan Sweet Vermouth, and Orange Bitters. They should have had an eyeball-shaped ice cube in there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Force of Our Stars and the Fury Shield. The uh, the pizza, by the way, was called the Binary Brie Pizza, <laughs> and uh, as you can imagine, there's brie cheese on that pizza. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the uh, dessert was the Blue Ancestors Shake. <laughs> oh, so. that, that that one doesn't. That kind of sounds disturbing. <laughs> it's uh, vanilla ice cream, blueberry compote. Cheesecake and oh. graham cracker crumbs. Actually, it's the the ingredients sound better. The the compote doesn't sound bad. Oh, related to the movie again as we wrap up. I actually saw the 3D version, and I only and I was planning on going to see it for two reasons. Number one, because I knew there'd be less people in it, and to be fair, the seven o'clock had actually sold out. So I, I it was actually the next showing to go see, unless because the next 2D was 7:40. So it all fell into place. The 3D was actually pretty good in this one. For it, since it was, even though it was it, obviously it wasn't filmed in 3D, it was just converted. But I would have to say, I actually was. Usually the 3D stinks, but it actually was pretty good. It act, there were actually moments in the movie when you when you could when the 3D was effective. So I don't know if they put in a little extra effort in to do it, but it, it's something that stood out because I can't tell you the last time I actually saw something in 3D where the 3D was even remotely memorable. But this one actually was. So that I wanted. I wanted to well, make a, a note of that. Yeah, let's, let's keep this brief. But I do have a question. Um, since you saw it in 3D, the scene 
of her flying in space all energized up shooting energy blasts. How did that look in 3D? From what I remember from what I remember I didn't see I don't remember anything special about that scene. I don't remember hmm. Uh, because I that's the that's the one of the main scenes where pe- some Green Lantern fans are pointing at that going, hey, I think we're ready for Green Lantern again in terms of effects. So I wanted to see how did that look in 3D. I don't I think it was solid, but not spectacular. I guess that's probably the way mm-hmm. I remember it anyway. Uh, okay. <laughs> the, the Green Lantern movie. How's that script working for you, Jeff Johns? all right well before we wrap up the episode i got one last thing captain marvel related but not this captain marvel the other captain Uh, marvel so so the uh the the film uh shazam releases on april 5th this episode here that we're talking about hits the 15th and we already talked about the schedule so by the time uh we we know that the probably the next episode after we do silver the silver age uh kind of revamp is probably going to be a Shazam review. But at this point, the embargo has already been lifted on the Shazam stuff, which is typically a very, very positive thing. So uh, it looks, and, and I'm not going to say, ha ha ha, I was right the same way I did with like Venom. Um, but I did tell you this, this movie has to do something very specific so a very special combination of youthful exuberance and childlike wonder as well as modern action. And it seems like it's a successful movie that is hitting the mark the way it should. So what do you think of, uh, of the st- stuff you're starting to hear early on about Shazam? I think it's positive that again, that they are, that they did lift the embargo. Uh, we we do have to be cautious because we have seen this before, where the first batch of reviews, um, or first reviews, we also have to qualify this that sometimes the reviews are nothing more than like Twitter comments. It's not like it's actually a full written review or an actual rating or anything like that. Sometimes it's just oh I I saw this tonight and these are my initial thoughts and it doesn't mean they won't have a review. It just means that these are just. But either way, the first wave of these things. So, sometimes are not necessarily indicative of what the overall consensus is going to be. Um, I think right. even, even even Captain Marvel started off early in the in the low 90s really early on the first day all the reviews lifted and that and it kind of dropped it went back and forth for a while. I think it dro- I think it was a steady drop all the way down to like 81 at one point and then it rebounded like back up to 85. Before it settled back down to where it is now, at seven, between going back and forth between 79 and 80, mm. I think it's a good sign. It is a good sign. It still doesn't mean it does not necessarily mean that all the reviews are going to be like that. Nor does it mean that uh, the fans are going to respond to it. But I think it's positive if you're, and especially if you're DC, you take any any victory you can get because you haven't had you haven't had all that many. So it, I think. I think it's positive for them from a from a programming perspective. It's a good time because because it's like a month, it's less than a month away, but yet it's still going to be about a month away from the time when uh, Captain Marvel came out. So Captain mm-hmm. Marvel will definitely be ready to come and gone if in the big picture, box office wise, at that point. So people will be ready for something, and it will fill. And there's a niche it'll fill before counting down the days to Endgame. <laughs> 
Are you uh, are you more excited to see Shazam? Are you more excited to see Shazam now as a result of all this? I might be more curious. I can't say I'm really that excited because I wasn't excited to see Shazam or Captain Marvel. I wasn't. Uh, so there's not that. There, well, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna see. I I'm I'm. I guess I would have to say if I had to pick an answer, yes, just because I'm. If there was a chance that I wasn't going to see it in the theater, I guess now, not just because we, we're kind of you kind of locked us into reviewing it. No, I'm really kidding. Uh, but I would say I'm probably overall I'm probably more. It's probably something I'm going to see, as was most of before when it was like I probably will see it, but kind of like Aquaman, where I thought I was going to see it. But I wasn't going to bend over backwards to see it. If it ended up slipping beyond my reach based on circumstances out of my control, I wasn't going to lose sleep over it. It wasn't. It wasn't like Creed Two. <laughs> like I got to see that movie. Speaking of which, Creed Two as another episode that should be somewhere coming in the next. Ryan and I should be doing a commentary commentary track on Creed Two. We just have to set up a time, so that mm-hmm. should be fun. Considering our review was really good, and we had a lot of fun with that. So actually having the movie. And being able to watch the movie a bunch of times, I think there's a, a, some things worth talking about that weren't discussed before. But that's another, another. I'm, de- I'm definitely, yeah, I'm definitely stoked for Shazam. More stoked than I thought, actually, because I was uh, at the mall the other day. You know, I was looking for some uh, pops. I was specifically for those of you who know that it's out. Uh, you know that uh, Pop uh, Funko put out the Batman Dawnbreaker pop vinyl. Uh, I went to the Hot Topic to go because it's a Hot Topic exclusive pop. So I went to go see if they had it. They didn't. So I had to. I had to get something else. Uh, well, I didn't have to get something else. But um, That's what I was thinking. Uh, but I was going yeah, I, 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 I went. I went to, to Hot Topic. They didn't have it. I didn't get anything at Hot Topic. But uh, there's also a um, uh, one of the geek stores is. Uh, I think maybe Think Geek or something like that is over at this local mall. So they have pops. So I went over there. Uh, and they had they had a like a, a a buy buy two get one free thing uh, for for pops uh, and they they just so happened to have one of the venomized pops that I was missing the venomized Iron Man so I was like all right I gotta I gotta grab that um, and then uh, they had the first appearance Batman. Uh, which is in a black box with a gold trim, and it's you know it's he's got a big cape and the pointy ears, and he's got the the blue purple or he's got the purple gloves. Uh, so you know just like just like the Batman on on the on the cover of the the first issue of Detective Comics that has Batman on it. So I picked up that and I was like, all right, well that's two. I get a free pop. What do I want? Uh, I was looking around and uh, bam, I, I I snagged the Shazam pop. Rather than anything else that I found there, because there were a few other things I was interested in, but I picked up as my free pop the, uh, the Shazam pop. Not uh, goose? You didn't get goose? No, I didn't see goose. I wouldn't. I didn't really care. Um, <laughs> but and I'm, but but by the way, folks, I did get. Uh, I did end up getting Batman Dawnbreaker. I actually ordered him from HotTopic.com in the mail. So I uh, I, I do have Dawnbreaker. But uh, buyer beware, by the way, guys, from HotTopic.com, because uh, the box came. And for those of you who collect Funkos, uh, I don't really care much about condition of the pop or the pop box. I just want it to be in decent condition. This box was pretty much crushed uh, on on one side, uh, which, like I said, I don't 
I don't, I truly don't care about condition, but it should at least be a presentable box. You know, it shouldn't, it, it doesn't have to look pristine with crisp corners and you no know, rips or tears whatsoever, but like a, one whole side of the box was creased and crushed and mismatched. So, um, if you guys are look, if you're pop collectors and you're looking to get something from hot topic online, buyer, buyer beware. So just thought I'd let you know. But I do. I the, the pop itself is fine. It's just the the box that it's in is is messed up. But I do. I do have now the Batman Dawnbreaker pop. <clears throat> I know you're happy with it, Chad. Um, it looks interesting. Um, I uh, I I don't know. I, you know, it's one of those things that kind of I, I had to have at some point. I want to make sure I have like all the. I'm, the original goal was to get all of the lantern pops but i think i'm going to be a little bit more specific and i'm going to get all the white lantern pops i think that's going to be my goal um but the dawnbreaker pop was just so was just too unique to sort of pass up so i just went ahead and i went ahead and grabbed it my my current focus in terms of collecting um pops is just the property uh, only the properties i want like for instance right now i've got Raphael and michelangelo i obviously need Donnie and I need Leo um, to complete my Ninja Turtles, but I also want like April and Splinter and Shredder, Bebop, Rocksteady, stuff like that. I've got the the Venomized Captain, the Venomized Iron Man. I still need the Venomized Black Panther, Venomized Hulk, uh, Venomized or not? Was it Venomized? Yeah, Venomized Loki, which was a Target exclusive. Venomized Ghost Rider, which was a Walmart exclusive. Uh, stuff like that. They're, they they just announced recently they're going to come out with a wave two of Venomized stuff. So I'm trying to get the Venomized stuff I'm already missing before those those new ones release, because there's going to be a Venomized X23, a Venomized Thanos, a Venomized uh, uh, Rocket, um, and and stuff like that. So I do I do want the Venomized line collected, and I do want to. So my focuses are TMNT. Venomize stuff. Venomize is my number one focus right now. And then uh, at some point, I need to get all the White Lantern stuff, which you've already given me a head start on with the uh, helping me get the uh, Fugitive Toys uh, uh, White Lantern Kyle. Yeah, so. Hey, Hulk is available on Big Bad Toy Store for nine for nine ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to I'll have to check around and do some some pricing because uh, I'm not sure which is cheaper, like Amazon or that or. Well, at some point, I'm, at some point, I'm just gonna go get a gift card and just do like a huge, because I, 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 I'll buy things every now and then from Amazon, just as you know, some sort of retail therapy, you know, just uh, yeah, some light, good. some. So, but at some point, you know, but I, but usually when I do that, it's something slightly bigger. Pops are only, assuming it's not a rare one, they're you know, ten, twelve bucks a, a, an individual, uh, a, a unit. So, you know. I, instead of spending like 30, 40 bucks, uh, you know, 50, whatever it is I end up getting off Amazon on one bigger thing, I could just get like five or six pops that are on my wish list. So uh, I think I'm, I think I'm going to end up doing that at some point. But, uh, but yeah, I think the, I think the hardest ones to get, cause my number one focus is the Venom line. And luckily I got that, um, that Venom mystery box from Funko yes. that I did a video review of. So I have that, Marvel uh, Collector Core exclusive Venom, um, and then I have Venomized Cap and Venomized Iron Man. By the way, one of our listeners actually sent me the Venomized Captain America uh, himself. Like I, I never ended up buying it. He he had one and he sent it to me. I I, I I blank on the name and I do apologize. But 
one of the listeners reached out and said, hey, I've got a venomized cap. You can have it. And he sent it to me. Uh, so, um, you know, I was lucky enough to get the Marvel Collector Corps box with this Venom exclusive. So the only one I've ever really truly found in the wild is this Venomized Iron Man uh, that I got uh, recently. But, um, yeah, so Venomized Loki, Venomized Ghost Rider, Venomized Black Panther, Venomized Hulk. There's Hulk the Carnage. Really, Hulk looks really good. Yeah. Probably because there's it's the car- the, yeah, car- yeah, Carnage. I'm actually looking at the, on Amazon. They got a set of five for like forty-five bucks, which is which was the Eddie, the the Eddie, the Cap, the Iron Man, the Hulk, and the uh, and Cletus. Yeah, I'm pulling up my uh, my Funko Stashpedia uh, revamp uh, app because I have a wish list here just to kind of see what that was. Oh, there was an Anti Venom, yes, which was which is really cool. Uh, I want that. There's actually two different carnages. There's the carnage with Cletus Cassidy where it's like the the venom is uh, – the symbiote is sort of coming off and you can see half of Cletus's face and his orange hair. Yeah. But there's also the carnage where it's fully carnage. There's the uh, there's a venom eddy, which you were talking about a moment ago, um, that I also want. Um, but there's also like uh, some some older pops. There's, they did a Venom a long time ago, and that's that's Venom like, but more like of a like the bluish color that you saw in like the '90s. So there's there's that one, and there's also they did an anti-Venom pop a, a long time ago. There's a, a glow in the dark variant of that too. That's, I'm looking at that now. That's awesome. Yeah, the anti-Venom pop is really cool. Um, I want that obviously, but you know, there's there's other stuff too. But uh, yeah, that's. There's a there's a lot of stuff out there I want like there's uh, just as a, a Carolina Panthers fan there's a Panthers three pack of Greg Olson Luke Keechley and and Cam uh, Newton and Greg's got his like beanie on so it's it's re- it's really cool um, yeah I want that I want that Panthers three pack pretty badly so I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at eBay now. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of cool stuff out there, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely, I I still need the the carnage, both carnages, the Venom Eddie, the Venom Loki, the Venom Hulk, Venom Pan- Black Panther, Venom Ghost Rider, and the Anti Venom Eddie Brock, which I'm trying to pull it up. And that was a box lunch exclusive. Well, there's um, a there's a listing. Uh- there's a listing on eBay for the ant for the anti venom glow in the dark exclusive for only twelve ninety nine. Buy it now. Oh, good grief! With a seven, it's been like seven seventy five for shipping, but still. There's a there's a bunch of cool pops coming out. Like um, as you guys hear this, Friday, when this app, if you're into pops, just because this is the only time it's really relevant. If you're into pops, um, ECCC uh, Emerald City Comic Con is happening this weekend. There are ECCC exclusive pops that are releasing. And there's two that I'm personally interested. There's more. You can go uh, find what those are. But um, there will be a Black Canary pop, like a classic Black Canary pop released. Um, That is a Walgreens.com exclusive. Um, I'm interested in getting that. There's also a classic Thor pop. which is a GameStop exclusive, I believe. Those are the two of the ECC pops that I'm actually most interested in. 
There's one I'm sort of interested in as a St. Patrick's Day fan. There's a three-pack of um, – do you remember one of the Harry Potter movies when uh, Ron and them go to a, like a class – like a like a, a world – like a, 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 a professional league Quidditch game? And they're they're rooting for like the Irish team or whatever, and they're all dolled up in like green and uh, like striped hats and like all that stuff. Do you remember that? Yeah, it's Goblet of Fire. Right. So there's 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 a three pack of 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 them that's ex- that, that's an ECC exclusive um, that looks really cool with them all in their their Irish gear. Um, but another pop that's coming out really soon, I'm looking forward to, is the previews exclusive free comic book day only release of. Constantine. They're going to do a Constantine pop, and it's modeled after that famous uh, – I don't want to say famous, but that very popular scene from the recent TV show where like he lights his hands on fire and is holding his hands out. So it's, it's Constantine with his hands on fire. It's really cool looking. That, that comes out uh, free comic book day. It's previews exclusive. But uh, as, as interested as I am in getting all these things, like I said – my, my, you know, I would, I would gladly pass up that that uh, Walgreens.com exclusive Black Canary and that uh, that um, GameStop exclusive Thor that are coming out, you know, as we speak, uh, or rather, as you listeners hear this on the day it releases, just to get the complete my Venomized line before the new Venomized stuff wave, wave two hits. <laughs> so, but yeah. No, like, uh, like uh, I'm also interested in like all the Hercules stuff. Remember when I was like trying to get the uh, the uh, Pain and Panic two pack that came out during San Diego last year. Yeah, um, still haven't gotten any of the Hercules pops. Um, I know that there's a a glow in the dark Yellow Lantern Batman that is a Fugitive Toys exclusive, like the Kyle Rayner one was. I have that one. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh shit! I think I. Ha- I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think I have the glow in the dark variant. I, yeah, I have to. I have to because I don't. I don't have that many glow in the dark. So the Kyle one, I think Kyle and uh, the the Sinestro Corps Batman are, are the only two glow in the dark ones I have. Well, I think there's a lot of glow in the dark variants for like a lot of the lanterns. I think every white lantern has a glow in the dark variant. I don't think I need the glow in the dark variants. So when I say I want to complete my white lantern line, I don't necessarily need or care about the glow in the dark, but there's a Superman white lantern, a Flash white lantern, a Wonder Woman white lantern, a Batman white lantern, and a Firestorm White Lantern, and those are the ones that that I I still need. But then there's like the random one-off uh, pops that I want, like uh, the Riddler um, with a with a hat from uh, the Batman '66 right. um, show. That's a, like a chase. The uh, I'm I kind of want the Kevin Smith pop just just to have it. Um, and like I, I, I love Doug, but I didn't want the entire Doug line, so I got the Hot Topic exclusive Quail Dog. So naturally, I also want the Hot Topic exclusive Quail Man, but I can't find Quail Man anywhere. So there's a bunch of there's a bunch of stuff I want, but like I said, yeah, the main focus is those Venomized pops. <clears throat> there's a lot of them. That's right. All right, guys. Uh, I think we got way more mileage out of this episode than we thought. So I guess we'll talk to you next time. Uh, we'll be talking about the Green Lantern number five. Good night, everybody. Good night.